Welcome back, everyone. I'm Tony Brown, and you're listening to Firearms Cafe, the show where we discuss the philosophies of responsible firearms ownership, as well as the relevant issues and challenges that we face in the current gun culture. Hey, everybody, what's going on? Today is Wednesday. It's the 4th of April, 2018. As you can tell, I'm once again in the mobile studio. Let's go ahead and get that contact info posted. I have the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-2731. If you would like to send an email or record some audio and send that to me, you can do that at firearmscafe at gmail.com, all one word, firearmscafe at gmail.com. Also, speaking of the... Uh, the email, if you ever wanted to even link to articles or send me links to certain articles that you think would be of interest to me, or if you had certain pictures of stuff, uh, maybe a certain gun that you had or something you refinished or something that just kind of caught your fancy that you'd like to share with the rest of the audience, feel free to send that stuff in as well. Over at the website, which is firearmscafe.com, are buttons for... Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. There is also a PayPal donation button, and if you're ever so inclined to send anything my way, I would greatly appreciate it. All right, let's go ahead and jump in with the show. And uh, like I told you guys last time, I was on vacation, and I hadn't really paid much attention to what was going on. But I did see a thing today on Facebook. I don't know exactly when it happened. Like I said, I'm in the mobile studio, so I don't have this stuff at my fingertips. But apparently there was a a shooting at YouTube. There was a, uh, uh, from what I could tell from the limited information I have, and so I may be getting some of this wrong. There was a female who was... I guess the girlfriend or significant other, however you want to say it, of a person that worked there. She went on to their workplace and uh, I guess shot maybe three people. I don't know. Like I said, I just kind of glanced at the thing. I can't remember whether or not she survived or was taken into custody. But, you know, part of the reasons that she did one of the things that she did or at least one of the reasons why they think she did what she did probably the better way to say it is that she had been demonetized thought that her videos weren't getting featured like they should and all this other type of stuff and I remember thinking at the time oh you know I felt bad for the people that had to go through that stuff but I also started seeing a lot of comments of screw that person they you know screw YouTube this is what happens you know when you go against the Second Amendment or this person got what they deserved or you know that type of stuff or how do they you know what do they think was going to happen if you keep kind of messing with people and people's livelihoods and this type of stuff and I thought oh boy that is not that is not a good look for us you know we we want to be able to take the high road as much as possible. Now, taking the high road does not mean that 
you have to just turn the other cheek or, or uh, take what they're dishing out, that type of stuff, without defending yourself. And by that I mean in sort of the war of ideas or the, the uh, battle of ideas where you don't necessarily have to be silent or do this or do that. Now that's, uh, I'd spoken uh, last couple of shows about, well, is it even worth it to debate somebody, that type of thing? And it's, you know, it's one thing to, if that's what you want to do, to kind of get involved in the flame wars and all that stuff, you can. I typically don't. um, For the most part, I don't get much hate mail anymore, if at all. I occasionally get, you know, a stupid comment on maybe a YouTube video or something like that. But I, I purposely on the website, both for Firearms Cafe and for the Armed Ape, I purposely deleted the comments just because I didn't want to engage in that stuff. But also, you know, you get tons of spam. That was another reason too. But uh, so on the posters, nobody can leave any comments or anything like that. And I figure, you know, if somebody really wants to sort of reach out and talk to me, they can do it either through Facebook or, uh, again, the, the most common, or not the most common, the best way to do that is through the actual uh, email address. So, uh, but anyway, I saw a lot of these comments and I thought, you know what? A lot of the negative stuff, I thought, man, this is, this is the th- the same thing that we kind of accuse people of doing when something bad happens maybe to one of us or when somebody calls for oh I wish you know all the NRA people were, were, were dead or if you know something bad happened to a pro-gun guy or an NRA guy and the people are out there saying well I'm glad that happened to them that's one less gun owner or this or that and then of course we're horrified or vilified or uh, not vilified but we tend to vilify those people who do that. But yet, we turn around and sort of do the same thing. And I don't know, maybe it's a human nature thing. But I do believe that we can rise above our baser instincts. And especially if we're looking at it in the terms of sort of a culture war, even if we don't sort of win a new heart or change a new mind at least we know that we did the right thing or that we acted with compassion and we treated the other person with dignity even if they don't do that for us and so I you know I guess maybe in some way that is kind of turning the other cheek but I'd still think it's the right thing to do. And again, it it sort of goes back to that thing of do you do you have principles? Do you have a code that you live by? Do you have standards that you hold yourself to? Or do you just have positions? And When the wind blows one way, you'll say one thing, and the wind blows another way, you'll say something else. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm better than anybody else or I'm holier than thou, that type of thing. I've done that kind of stuff in the past, too. But I've tried very hard not to uh, 
not to do that. I've tried very hard to overcome some of those things. And again, I think it goes back to we always have to constantly examine what our core beliefs are, what those core principles are, what kind of person that we want to be, what kind of person do you want to show the world. And if you consider yourself at all to be uh, a Second Amendment ambassador or somebody who you could say, well, hey, look at me. I haven't ever shot anybody. I haven't robbed a bank. I haven't you know, used a gun inappropriately, that type of thing. You need to hold those same, you want to, well, I don't know what I want to say. You want to be able to present yourself and say, well, look, when this, when this person got hurt or, or when this person did something or when, this, when something bad happened to this person who is the direct political opposite of me, I didn't. I still were. I still maintained, even though it might have been a little hard. I still maintained my humanity and my ability to see that individual as a person and not just as a tick on the other side of the column that's opposite from me. So anyway, I tell you what. That's enough kind of preaching at you and again I, I'm not I do not want you to think that it's holier than thou type stuff but just kind of be cognizant of it be aware uh, and don't sort of let yourself don't sort of let yourself down if that's the type of person you want to be and, and, and look if you're the type of person that wants to what's the German word schadenfreude revel in the misery or downfall of others type of person that you are but that's not the type of person that I want to be and uh, so again it kind of it, it does go back to uh, I think that we need to on a pretty regular basis sort of examine what our core beliefs are what makes our core principles and say am I right on this am I wrong on this do I need to take a look at this am I missing something or for now, you know, is, is to the best of my ability, is my thought process kind of sound? And am I using logic and reason and staying away from pure emotion? And that's hard to do, believe me. I know it's, it's tough to do. But as you start to do that more and more, relying on logic and reason and getting away from that uh, gut reaction I think you'll find that when certain situations like that arise you'll you'll be in the long term when you look back kind of proud of the response that you had so anyway like I said enough of that stuff Let's talk a little bit about, and then this segment will come to a close here pretty quick, but let's talk a little bit about that 80% lower that I've been working on. And uh, I haven't been able to do too much. I'm hoping 
You know, the next week or so is, again, going to be kind of busy. I don't know if I'm going to have a lot of project time. But I am going to try and film a bunch of this stuff. And I'm going to still stick it up on YouTube. I've still got the YouTube accounts. Uh, We will see what's going to happen in a couple of weeks. What exactly are they going to do? Um, you know, we talked. I talked about on the last show. Are there going to be tons of people just flagging anything that is uh, firearm content at all? And they're just going to say, well, this is just inappropriate just because it's got a gun in it. And this is your new policy and you can't have this stuff. So uh, we shall see on there. But I don't think... That we should abandon YouTube altogether. I think that probably what you should do, especially if you're a small potatoes guy like me, I think that what you should do is make sure that you demonetize all of your content. But still put tons of stuff up there. Put stuff that goes within the guidelines. Do, you know, go and approach YouTube. Go on YouTube and approach YouTube with the ingenuity in making your videos that people do with trying to get around the ATF rules. Try and and flood YouTube with tons of firearms content and let them know that even though they don't want us there, as long as they'll still have us, we will still put out a positive message and we will not go down easy. We won't go, what's that phrase? We won't go quiet into the good night, that type of deal. And who knows? Maybe if enough of this stuff happens and enough of us kind of can do some stuff with a little bit of class, maybe they'll, they'll change their minds. I doubt it. But again, it's one of those things of at least if we have to go out we sort of go out on our own terms. We can go out still spreading a good message. And, you know, the thing too is if there are other platforms that become available or become large enough, we can go over there. You can always move those videos over. But again, YouTube is so, so big. I guess I should stop saying but again so much, huh? YouTube is so, so big that especially if you're a smaller channel like mine, maybe you go under the radar for a while. But I would recommend that for some of the videos that are showing uh, how to disassemble a certain gun or how to do this or how to do that, how to fix something, if they're ones that you like and that that they're well done, go ahead and um, download those and save those so that you have them. It's only been a couple of seconds for you. It has been a few days for me. Today is Saturday. It's the 7th of April 2018. I'm actually in a different location, so you may hear some oddball sounds here and there. Hopefully it won't be too echoey where I'm at, but I think the audio will be usable. Anyway, 
when last I left off and finished up talking a little bit about YouTube, and I did have one more thing to talk about the other stuff, which is that when the shooting occurred at YouTube, there were a lot of people who were saying, well, this is what you get for attacking the Second Amendment or trying to push a certain liberal agenda. And how's that feel? Don't you wish you had allowed guns at your place and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I think that's kind of beneath this. I, I do think that what it does do is it makes us look bad. It makes, for the few people that are doing it, it makes the whole community kind of seem callous and uncaring. And it sort of dehumanizes and diminishes Again, those people that got shot, you know, they, I'm sure they didn't uh, ask for that. We don't really know what their true political agenda is. And you know, even if we did, what difference does it make? We should have compassion for people. So anyway, I will kind of move off from that. But let's get back to YouTube in general, kind of what they're doing as a company. And it seems that... There have been, I, I've seen some videos like some guys like Larry Vickers, from guys like Such, from other bigger channels like Mr. Guns and Gear and things like that. And they are saying, hey, we've sort of reached out to the people that we could reach out to on YouTube. And they're basically saying that the majority of our stuff will be fine. And at this point, I, I don't know that I want to talk a whole lot more about what the possibilities are just because we're not going to know until I think at the time of this recording, I think there's maybe a couple more weeks left and then that 30 days will be up and then they'll start to go through and start to remove stuff and shut down certain channels. Would that mean that a channel where maybe a guy, he's got five or six videos and it was on how to strip down and clean and maintain an AK. And that's, let's say that's all that he had. And he didn't really link to anything. Would his be taken down? If, if, if a guy is saying, oh, this is how you can polish certain parts on your handgun and it will give you a smoother feel. Are they going to consider that, that you are somehow modifying that or you're somehow manufacturing you're, you're, somehow uh, turning it into a, a manufactured item now because you're doing certain things. I don't know. And again, it's hard to have a lot of uh, insight with that. Mostly it's because it's just conjecture now. We're not going to know until we know that type of thing. So, however, a lot of people have been talking about, and I've been talking about this as well, what all? What are the alternatives? Like, where are we going to go? What's going to happen? That type of thing. Now, a channel like mine, I've only got maybe five or six with the two channels that I do have, five or six things that have anything to do with firearms on there anyway. I meant to have a lot more videos up, but getting around to actually shooting them and then editing them and putting them up in conjunction with doing this and then also trying to get Armed Ape started up again kind of takes up a lot of time so I do think that what we probably should do is try and work within their guidelines and do not abandon YouTube altogether still maintain some type of a presence on there 
even if we have to sort of do things like when uh, that we do with our firearms when states pass kind of wacky laws or the ATF comes up with some weird ruling on a certain thing and that is we're going to have to get creative and maybe do workarounds but I do think that we still need to maintain a presence on YouTube I think that we should probably if you can sort of flood YouTube with pro-gun stuff and try and work within their guidelines and if you get kind of smacked down you know maybe give yourself another channel and re-upload that with a different title or maybe we have to get creative with titles things like that I don't know I talked about you know before that a lot of the anti-gun people are going to probably purposely start seeking out gun channels and they're gonna see that as a way to strike a blow against us on platforms like YouTube maybe even on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram eventually I you know I don't know uh, again we'll have to wait and see how all this stuff rolls out and then what will be really be interesting too is when under their new guidelines when they start striking videos when they start closing down channels will there be legal ramifications to that to where maybe somebody with deeper pockets can get behind one of the bigger channels and say well it seems that you're still in the guidelines and it seems like they're persecuting you maybe we need to sue them and the again one of the things it's not going to be just firearms it's eventually will be if you're saying well YouTube has a liberal agenda that they want to pass eventually it's going to be their next target would probably be conservatives after that they would probably come after libertarians and event and they will eat their own as well they'll eat up some of the people on the left who say you know I believe all this stuff but I don't believe that you should in the case of maybe one of the big things that's going on is like the transgender thing where you don't give puberty blockers to small children because they don't really know they haven't formed yet that type of stuff but anyway that's a, a subject for a whole another podcast probably that that isn't this one but it's, I'm just using it as an example of that eventually the left will eat their own. Now, but we do that in the, in the Second Amendment community as well. We're pretty good at eating our own and turning on our own pretty quickly. But also, too, with that, we have to realize that just because there's a company out there who says that they're pro-gun doesn't necessarily mean that they, they are. And you would say, well, wouldn't they have to be if they want to sell something? Well, maybe, maybe not. A lot of you know money motivates a lot of people, and again, if you're somebody that just sort of has positions and doesn't really have principles, well, why not sell some stuff until it becomes politically harmful for you, or or until you start taking too much flack? Why not have a company that sells AR-15 lowers or sells trigger groups or something? You know, who knows? And uh, then when something happens, you go on and you kind of badmouth it. You throw the Second Amendment community or the gun culture under the bus. And then you, and we see it. It happens all the time. We see it happens. And and you might say, well, isn't that eating our own, what you just talked about trying not to do? And I think there's a difference between that and saying what you're saying is something that fundamentally goes against the core beliefs and principles. And we're going to hold you accountable to that. 
Now, if there's a company that, or, or and we've seen it in the past where guys come out and they'll make kind of statements where they say, well, I think this should happen or I think that should happen or I think there should be stronger this or stronger that. And people kind of lose their mind. And a lot of times what happens is, in the instance of, I think it was Daniel Defense, and I don't remember exactly what he said, but he was saying, I think he supported uh, stronger background checks or stuff and maybe some other things as too. And I, like I said, I don't remember. And then a few days later, he comes out and says, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, you know, I let me clarify what I said. And I guess sometimes I think maybe people are, maybe I give people too much credit. Maybe I, I don't know. Because I, I don't, it shouldn't be a thing where you shouldn't be able to say what you think. But that also goes hand in hand with there can be consequences for the things that you say. So if I'm a person who has a business that relies on Second Amendment people and gun and gun people and gun culture and people that are in the gun culture, and that who the majority of those people don't want any more restrictions, and that when something happens and when we get attacked for something that we didn't do. And that people from our culture didn't do, and that and and so these shootings are a good example that we don't believe that you should harm people. We don't believe that you should shoot up schools. We, and then when something like that happens, and we have to start taking the blame for it, and ultimately it does nothing to solve those problems. We can get kind of touchy when we see that some of the heads of certain companies will go out and make statements that can be viewed as saying, oh, well, the left will be able to say, well, see, even this guy who's a major player over there, he wants stronger background checks. He wants universal background checks. He wants this. He wants that. So again, uh, you should be able to say and think whatever you, you want, but there can be consequences for that stuff. Do we sometimes overreact? I think so. Should we be able to forgive? I think so. Should we forget? Mm, I don't think so. And, and here's why I say that. I think that we should keep that in the back of our mind. And if it happens again, if it happens once, maybe you can say, okay, we can kind of forgive. If it happens twice, that's when you kind of maybe we need to move on and spend our dollars elsewhere. Oh, one other thing that just kind of popped into my head about the victim stuff and then we'll kind of we'll move on from that so with the youtube shooting it turned out that the shooter did not meet any of what we would call are the typical criteria for that person generally the shooters are young they're male uh, they are disenfranchised and the majority of them a lot of times are on some type of psychotropic drugs. They're on some heavy, heavy medication, and either they go off of it or, or maybe it affects them. Uh, but they're, and, and that's not to say, oh, the drugs cause that, uh, because there's lots and lots of people that are on those drugs that it does, this doesn't happen to. But it is something that we have to look at that can be a contributing factor. So I think it is appropriate, while we don't necessarily maybe attack the, the victims of that, but it is appropriate to say, 
well, wait a minute, how come the media isn't covering this? How come they aren't outraged about this? And I think it is appropriate to point out, well, they're not doing that because it doesn't fit the narrative. It doesn't further the story that they want to tell. So, anyway. Let's, uh, let's kind of swing back. I know I was talking about oh, kind of the eating our own and the thing with YouTube and uh, so getting back to YouTube, I am going to try and upload some stuff and get some things out there over the next couple of weeks, and we'll just sort of see what happens. I got a bit of feedback from Igor, and he wrote in and said, I found your decade-old Safe Packer three-part series. Can you give us a 10 years later review of it? It's also up to $79.99 now, which is pretty steep. Do you perhaps know of a better option like it beside... A fanny pack. All right. Well, let's talk about that thing. If with, uh, you know, we were just talking about some of the stuff that's on YouTube, and that is on my old channel, which is on 525 Donuts, D-O-N-U-T-S. And it's a three-part thing. It's an older video, as we said. So it's not super the, um, it's not like HD. It's just like 480p. But at the time, that was just, kind of what you had you you can still get a sense of it i i kind of one of my pet peeves a little bit is when somebody says oh just go watch the video and then they don't talk about it and they kind of move on or they say go listen to the, our old episode and we'll do a little bit more in-depth review now having said that i still would recommend maybe that you go do that and check it out it, you do the whole thing even though it's three parts is about Oh, maybe 20 minutes or so, maybe a little bit longer than that. And it will give you an idea of kind of what you can do with it. The one thing that I didn't cover in the video that if you go over to uh, Wilderness Tactical is the company that made that. And I, I think their uh, web address is thewilderness.com and uh, you can go over and check that out or if you just even just google safe packer or something like that it'll eventually take you to them over on their website they do have a thing where they show you how you can wear it in conjunction with your seat belt so you could have the gun basically right there on you to where if you needed to you could reach in and grab it and defend yourself if need be however with you know with some of that stuff i think as eh, maybe that's a little bit a, a little bit of a novelty use of it so let's talk about, I'll kind of uh, give you the, the uh, condensed version of those three videos. So if you don't want to go watch it, you don't have to. Basically, it was designed from the, the original intent. And I had, years ago, I had, I had interviewed the owner of the company. But basically, he had designed it because they did search and rescue. And they wanted to have a way to have a firearm on you that if you were climbing up a mountain or you were having to re you know, repel or you were having to uh, do some stuff like that where you're in some pretty nasty areas, that your gun doesn't get all gunked up and doesn't get dirty. And what this would do is it kind of took the idea of a soft-sided case and a flap holster uh, while still giving you, and combining those while still giving you uh, the ability to access the gun relatively quickly compared to if you had it stashed in your backpack or stashed in a, a butt pack or something like that. It does have its place and it does have its uses. 
as a soft-sided case, it's fine. As something that maybe you would, if you wanted to carry it around, like, and have that replace a fanny pack, it looks kind of odd, and it would maybe draw attention to it. It doesn't scream gun, but it does look out of place. Less so than a fanny pack. If you had a fanny pack, I think that would probably still work better than something like the Safe Packer. It isn't big enough to where it would look like it would be an iPad case or anything like that. So again, it, it, it's going to look a little odd. Uh, the way that it's designed, it's designed primarily for you to just have a magazine that goes down into the main pouch and then your firearm. It's got another pouch that opens up on the flap, but you can't really stuff a lot of stuff in there without your safe packer really starting to bulk up. So are there other things to answer his question for the price and for the money? Are there other things that are out there that are just as good or maybe a little bit better? And I, it's going to depend on what you're used for. If it was going to be something for a backpacking thing or going out uh, for a, a day hike and something that you could thread through your belt and have on there where nobody's going to really think, especially if you're out in the wilderness, people are going to think, oh, maybe that's a fire kit or something like that or a mini survival kit that you've got. They're not going to automatically assume gun. So for that, I think it's probably one of the better things. One of the things that you can use it for is, and I talked about it in the video, is you can open up that main flap and then you can put it in between your mattress and your box spring and then you can have the gun that just kind of hangs there on the side of the bed and you would have access to the firearm if there was ever a break-in that you could get to it quickly. Or you could have it folded up and, and click shut and have it on the nightstand and it doesn't automatically again scream gun. So from that aspect, I think it's probably pretty good. Is it worth, especially if you went with the with the bigger size one, uh, I think the price of them now for a, let's see, like a government model one, I think is around, oh, I think it's around about $100. Now, you can get ones that are maybe a, a smaller one, so something for a J-frame or a smaller Glock. And when I look at those, they're still about $100. And it looks like some of the stuff for other ones that are different colors, if I click back here, those are about $110. Boy, I don't know... I don't know that I would pay $110 for this. They, on their website, they have some other stuff. But again, I, I think there's things that are out there now. There's also different, what you would, maybe we'd call a bed holster. Some of them are kind of cheapo, but they're a lot less expensive. They're, uh, I think, um, oh, well, let me look at it here. I think Blackhawk makes one. There's a for around thirty bucks. There's one that you can get for around sixteen, seventeen dollars over at Palmetto State Armory. Of course, that one that you can get for sixteen, seventeen dollars, it looks like it's worth about fifteen or sixteen dollars. So you kind of are going to get what you're going to get with that. I would say that you could, and even with the Blackhawk thing, it's basically almost like a yaki holster. You know, where it's just a, a strip. And on this one, it looks like it's basically a strip of nylon 
where you're just tucking that into in, in between the mattress and the bed frame and the box springs, excuse me, and then you're just sliding it in there. One thing with the safe packer, because it's larger and it's made to hold the entire gun when it's in the pouch, so it goes all the way down into the pouch, is if you were doing that with the safe packer, the gun isn't exposed. And if you said, well, what if happens if I want sort of the butt of the gun to be up so I can actually get a hold of the grip? You could put something, you know, a piece of wood or some socks or something or some material in there and have it to where it would raise up if that if that makes sense so you basically would pack stuff into the bottom of that pouch and it would elevate then the the level of the firearm so you can do that as well so i would have to recommend maybe unless you could get it on sale something like that maybe kind of pass on that if you're looking for something that is going to be a bedside gun or something that you would use say well i'm going to use this instead of a fanny pack i think you're probably better off maybe using the fanny pack again it's not going to draw as much attention uh, there's still lots of people that wear fanny packs believe it or not and if you have one nobody really thinks anything much of it there are other things that are out there that i think work better and if you were going to use it as an alternative to a holster eh, boy i would say unless you've got maybe some nerve damage or something on the side to where wearing a holster, a traditional holster is almost impossible for you at where you want to wear it, or you've got some medical issue that precludes that, I would say just stick with a holster or again, stick with a fanny pack that, um, that is designed more as a holster and you could probably get easier access to it. Years and years ago, when they first came out, I did buy a fanny pack that was the a holster type thing. And what was nice about it is you still had a front compartment that you could put stuff in, and then you had a second compartment where the gun where the gun was. If you opened it up to get something out, people wouldn't see it. With the with the safe packer, pretty much if you open it up and look in there, you're going to see sort of the butt of the gun. So. You know, if you wanted to kind of be a little bit more of a gray man type thing, I, I don't really think it's for you. And again, for that higher price that I'm seeing, I, 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 I would maybe steer clear of it. Unless it's something that you really want or unless it is something that, again, you're going to use specifically for camping. I do think something for camping or hiking, it would be, it would be a pretty good deal. Again, with that, I don't know if... Maybe some of the smaller Maxpedition stuff might be better suited for that. I would have to go and look on their website. And if you'll bear with me here a little bit, let me pop over to Maxpedition. And uh, we'll check that out. So on their like concealed carry thing, they do have some stuff that are a little bit smaller. They have a thing called a mini, I don't even know how they pronounce it, balance, tech sling, packs, and that's, a, that's still maybe a little bit bigger. That's $100. Um, if you're looking at like some of the older stuff, like they used to have the... Their VersaPak carry, 
thing. Um, but those are again pretty big, and they're around any. They started around about a hundred dollars, and then they kind of go up from there. You know, you have the thing like the Remora Gear Slinger. Most of their stuff has uh, pouches or a place for concealed carry to where you could still go in and fish it into your bag and use it, and you don't access that concealed carry pouch. So, uh, again, there's other stuff out there, but you're going to pay. But if you're saying, well, if I'm going to pay around $110 anyway, why wouldn't I go with like a Remora Gear Slinger? Now, it does look a little bit more tactical and things like that. They do have a thing. Uh, called the Incognito Duo, which is about 120. So you're figuring, oh well, you know, for an extra ten dollars, it still looks a little kind of tacticalish. Um, but you know, it might be something that you could say, oh, this is sort of like my messenger bag, or this is my little thing that I have for for work. I can. It looks like it will fit. I don't know if it would fit a an iPad, but it might it might fit like one of the, the iPads or it would definitely fit an iPad mini or some of the other tablets. And maybe that's what you could kind of say is, oh, I've got this because it's a tablet carrier. And then you've still got uh, you've still got a a place for it to where you could have a firearm with you. And, uh, you know, maybe if you were able to get it at a different color, the one they've got on here is um, it looks like it's just brown. But let's see if we can click on this. Just saying khaki. So I don't know. If you could find one that was maybe black or even a blue color or something that didn't look like that. Although generally, you know, I found that a lot of times just that coyote brown color, you don't notice it too much. It could just kind of blend in with some of the stuff you're wearing. So again, there is other stuff out there. I know this is maybe kind of long and rambling to, to answer this, but it is... Like, I like looking at gear and doing all that stuff, too. But anyway, I think what I will do is maybe go ahead and wrap it up. If you guys have any other options or, or you know of some other stuff that would be similar to the small kind of fanny pack type thing, uh, write in, let me know, or, or call in with a voicemail, or do a quick thing on your on your phone and send me a voicemail. I'd love to get some other people's voices here on the uh, on the podcast and on the show and before we go ahead and sign off let me go ahead and give you that uh, info the the contact info again got the voicemail 206-745-2731 email address firearmscafe at gmail.com over on the website firearmscafe.com buttons for facebook twitter uh, instagram youtube all that type of stuff all right guys i'll talk to you next time